This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A curveball! It's time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. And we welcome you into another edition of Brewers on Tap. It is episode number 209. Great to have you with us. And boy, there's a lot of great news to report when it comes to the Brewers as the crew rolling right along. Eight games in first. Eight games clear. The Cincinnati Reds right now in the NL Central for the Brewers. The crew just coming off their first ever four-game sweep at Wrigley Field of the Chicago Cubs. And the Brewers sitting at 70 and 46. They were the second team in baseball to get to 70 wins. The Tampa Bay Rays joined them at 70 wins on Thursday as well. And the Brewers trailing just the Giants in terms of best record in the National League right now. They are playing so well. 17-4 victory over the Cubs on Thursday. And the Brewers have seen some just huge offensive performances here recently. And when you look back at Thursday, Luis Urias, he goes 5-for-6. He scores five runs. He had three doubles and two home runs. He drove in five. There are so many notes about that (laughs) that we can hit on. He is the fourth player in Major League Baseball history, according to Mike Vassallo, to produce at least five hits, five runs, five RBIs, and three doubles and two home runs in a game. He joins Willie Stargell, who did it in 1970, Steve Garvey, who did it in 77, and Jackie Bradley Jr. did it for the Red Sox in 2015. And he tied a modern MLB record with five extra base hits. That's also a Brewers record as well with five extra base hits. Just an unbelievable performance from Luis Urias. And it wasn't just him because he didn't even drive in the most runs on Thursday. Manny Pena had his first ever grand slam on Thursday. He went three for six. He hit two home runs total and drove in six runs in the game. Jace Peterson went five for five, hit a double, hit a home run. He drove in four. I mean, the five, six, and seven spots for the Brewers were just absolutely amazing for the Brewers on Thursday and really were throughout the, the course of that series. Brewers uh, sweeping that series. And now when you start looking at, at run differential, you know, that's one of those things that I, I think you take run differential with a grain of salt. I think that's important to remember. It is what it is, but a lot of people – I think when you get later on in the season, start to look at that a little bit to to show the strength of a team. What does their run prevention unit look like? What does their offense look like? And how does it all come together? The Brewers have a plus 116 run differential right now. That is better than anybody in the NL East. It is better than anybody in the NL Central. It uh, chases the Dodgers and the Giants in the NL West, but it's better than the Padres in the NL West. So that's the third best run differential 
in the National League for the Brewers. Of course, there was more history this week. Corbin Burns recorded 15 strikeouts against the Cubs on Wednesday night. At one point, he struck out 10 Cubs in a row. That tied a record for Major League Baseball, along with Aaron Nola and Tom Seaver. So now three have that record. Corbin Burns is the only guy to do it and have all 10 strikeouts swinging against him. This Brewers team is legitimate. I don't think that I have to convince you of that. I think you understand that. If you've been following this team over the course of this year, you've watched it go from really good pitching staff. If the offense can get going, this can be a postseason team, to now the offense is getting going, the defense is starting to really show up, and the pitching has stayed where it's at, which has been dominant. And you combine all those things, and this is a World Series contending baseball team. There are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is a World Series contending baseball team that you have in Milwaukee. It's a lot of fun to be able to watch this team go to work every single day. They have a great attitude about it. They have a lot of fun doing it, but make no mistake about it. These dudes compete, and they love to compete because they know they have a very good team with a very good chance. We've seen some great things happen statistically with this team, too. We've seen some averages start to rise up a little bit. Willie Adamas continuing to do his thing. And uh, Willie Adamas may not be in the thick of the MVP conversation yet, but he's starting to get himself on the, at least on the peripheral of it. And I think if he continues to do what he's done over the next six weeks, he's going to get a lot of votes. And he's going to be in that conversation for NL MVP potentially before it's all said and done. You got to tell a little story there. You got to talk about, hey, you got to take it from when he joined the Brewers. That's the only time it matters because that's when he started playing in the National League. But look what he's done. And look how he impacted the race in the NL Central and everything else. Willie Adamas deserves to be in that conversation. He's hitting 264 now overall for the year. He was hitting 197 when the Brewers acquired him. I mean, that's incredible how he's moved the needle in terms of his own individual numbers. And then when you look at the team numbers as well and how they've all risen over the course of this time, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome for the Brewers. Now, Brewers getting healthier too. Remember, a lot of guys on that COVID list, and that's been a little bit of an issue for the Brewers. You've had Christian Yelich, who is now back. Then you had Hunter Strickland and Jake Cousins. Both of them are back, and both of them have pitched very well since coming back in their limited action. Then you had Yandel Gustave, who is not back yet, but is expected to join the team in Pittsburgh this weekend. And uh, when he gets activated remains to be seen, but uh, he's getting close. Then you had Josh Hader, who is already back. You've got Eric Lauer, who is expected to join the team in Pittsburgh and be activated potentially at some point this weekend. And then you still have Adrian Hauser out there, and you haven't gotten him back yet. Brewers are hoping maybe he can join them in this St. Louis series at some point, but whether or not he's activated, again, there's more hurdles to clear before he gets done with his quarantine and everything else. So it's hard to predict exactly when Adrian Hauser would be back. But they're getting better in that regard. They did lose John Curtis with the torn UCL, um, and so that's tough. They're going to lose him for this year and for next year, but there's a lot of control left on John Curtis. So uh, he will be back at some point, probably in 2023, to start impacting the Brewers once again. So that was a tough injury. There's been some other nicks and bruises here and there, but the Brewers otherwise are about as healthy as they've been 
over the course of this year. All right, we have a good show for you. We're excited about this. Aaron Ashby made the start on Tuesday night in the second game of that doubleheader at Wrigley Field. Pitched much better. Had two scoreless innings before a rain delay knocked him out for the rest of the game. But uh, pitched very well, and I think we're going to see him pitch some more for the Brewers before it's all said and done. So we're going to talk to him on the podcast. Also coming up on Brewers on Tap, we are going to chat with Justin Topa. Just talking about the Brewers getting healthier. There's another great uh, example of getting healthier. Justin Topa, who pitched so well for the Brewers a season ago, he's back and with the crew, and he pitched a scoreless inning on Thursday for the Brewers. So that's another really good sign for the crew. And then one of the folk heroes of Milwaukee Brewers baseball right now is Rowdy Telez. And you're going to hear my conversation from last weekend with Rowdy Telez and what he's been able to get accomplished in a Brewers uniform. So sit back and enjoy it. Let's begin with the big Brewers first baseman, Rowdy Telez, and how much he's enjoyed being a part of this organization. And if he understands just how big of a fan favorite he's become in short order. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, you know, to step up in the box, even in times when there's really nothing on the line to hear the, the rowdy chants is pretty cool. Um, but, you know, the fans are awesome here. They're loyal. Uh, they've accepted me with open arms, you know, and I, I'm just super excited and super grateful to be a part of Brewery Nation. You know, the rowdy chants are becoming like a really popular thing. Everybody's talking about it. The first time it happened was one of your first at-bats here in this ballpark. Did did you hear it? Could you feel it? And, and do you notice it every time you come to the plate? Yeah, I think it was my first at-bat I had here. I don't remember. I mean, it might have been a pinch hit at-bat, I think. Yeah. And they just kind of started going on, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, you know, like to have that in, in, in the background. It's hard not to listen to it, but I try my best to just let it be part of the background noise, you know. But uh, like I said, it's it's a cool feeling to have that many people behind you. How has your approach changed or differed even from where it was with Toronto earlier in the season since you become a part of the Brewers? How, how has Andy Haynes and Jacob Cruz helped you? Uh, because you're having so much success right now. I think for me, it's just getting back to who I was as a hitter, just hitting the ball and, and letting my strength play. Um, but you know, like they instill confidence in me, counts instills confidence in me, just trust me to go out there and play every day, you know? Um, I don't think I've been playing the best defense. It's been pretty below average uh, with, you know, errors, but, um, you know, able to hold my own in the box, and, and that allows me to kind of take that pressure away. So just having a good time. You just said about your defense, I think most people would say it's been at the very least adequate. I think you've played pretty well over there defensively, but you were just out there grinding, uh, getting your early work in and infield work in here today. Um, do you feel like you, you have a chance to make strides there? You know you're a, a very capable first baseman. Yeah, I think my errors have been, have been more laps, like poor judgment. You know, I had one in Cincinnati where it was an 8 nothing game with one out and a ground ball, a slow ground ball was hit to me and I tried to throw to second. That, and as soon as I threw it, I was like, you know what, that was a dumb move. And then last night, just trying to pick the guy off and it ended up clipping off my glove instead of just making sure I catch a ball and make a tag, you know. Um, so, you know, just things like that. It's those are frustrating to me, but um, you know, as long as no runs score, then no harm, no foul. Just it stinks because my pitchers have to throw some extra pitches. This is a, a fun group, and you guys have certainly dealt with your fair share of adversity over the last couple of weeks. But you keep winning. What does that tell you about the, just the, the overall mentality of this team? Uh, this team's deep, like depth-wise. Uh, 
we have a lot of guys that can impact the team. You know, we have guys that have been out of the lineup, pitching staffs have been out of the lineup, pitchers, uh, and we're still able to put W's on the board. It means this team's deep and uh, there's heart. You know, everybody believes in each other. So when you have a team that is bonded by more than just the logo on the front, you know, it's more of a brotherhood inside that clubhouse, you're going to win games. You've had good success against left-handed pitching, too. That's something that I, I don't know if everybody understands. I mean, the home run on Wednesday off of Chase and Shreve, another example of that. Have you always been comfortable against lefties? Uh, you know what? I have. I've always been confident. The guy that taught me how to hit and, like, my hitting coach uh, is left-handed and throws left-handed BP, so I've always been pretty comfortable with it. Um, you know, it's always tougher when you don't see those guys often, but if you can put together some good at-bats against them, it's always going to give you confidence whether the outcome is positive or not. What is the key against lefties for you? For me, is just to make sure I see the ball closer to myself, not necessarily looking for the pitches inside, just making sure I'm seeing the ball closer to myself because I want to eliminate swinging at everything out of the zone away. Sacramento guys, so when you play the Giants, is it a little more fun? Yeah. Uh, my dad's actually here, and he first thing he said to me was like uh, something along the lines of, um, I'm not too happy with you right now. <laughs> and I was like, understood. I was like, but... I guess when you love the Giants longer than you've had your own kid, it's, you know, you, you win some, you lose some as a son. <laughs> That's outstanding. Well, Rowdy, we appreciate it. Congratulations on what's been a great first month with the crew. And here's to finishing up the rest of this season strong. Appreciate it. Thank you. Great stuff from Rowdy Telez. He's certainly been a fan favorite, as we talked about in that interview. And, uh, man, is he playing some good baseball for the Brewers. He's been uh, a really big part of why this offense has become what it's become. This is a really good offense. If you, you go back to essentially the, the Willie Adamas trade, we keep going back to that. That's the, you know, we talk about Kane Yelich Day in January. Well, Adamas Day in 2021, I think, is going to be a date that we circle and we always talk about uh, quite frequently because of just how amazing it has been. But the Brewers' offense has just been – uh, on fire, and, and Rowdy Telez has been a big part of the reason why. Let's jump into some of the numbers. Again, these coming from our good friend Mike Vassallo. But uh, Lorenzo Cain, since coming back, uh, he's been really good, and in fact, he's hit safely in 13 of his last 14 games, hitting 373 over that stretch with a home run and 11 RBIs on a five-game hitting streak right now. So you put Lorenzo Cain towards the bottom of this lineup, it gives it a little bit more length. Avi Garcia is having maybe his best season as a professional. He has seven home runs and 27 driven in his last 33 games. He's hitting 345. He now has 20 home runs, which ties his career high. What a bounce-back season he's having. Another bounce-back season it's been for Omar Narvaez as he's second in the major leagues as a catcher in batting average. He has a 301 average as a catcher this year for the Brewers. Uh, there's, just a, there's a bunch of really good things happening for this Brewers offense. And in fact, if you go to June 26th, the last 40 games, this again from our friend Mike Vassallo, the last 40 games, Brewers are hitting 268. That's fourth best in Major League Baseball. And that's 40 games. That's a big sample. That is two-thirds of the season a year ago for the Brewers. And they have a Major League leading 239 runs and a six-run per game average. They have scored 10-plus runs in a game eight times during this stretch. That's how good this offense has been. And again, Telez has been a big contributor to it. Well, the run prevention unit's been really good too. And the pitching has been great. And Aaron Ashby got a second chance after his tough debut on June 30th. 
at American Family Field, and he pitched so well against the Brewers in the two innings that he got before rain shortened his outing on Tuesday night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was you know nice to have some success. Last time there wasn't a whole lot of success, so it was nice to get back up here and um, have success against the same team I didn't have much against. So um, yeah, it was, it was an enjoyable night. How much were you kind of chomping at the bit to get that next opportunity? Yeah, a lot. You know, ever when I got sent down, it was you know working on the throwing program, working on making everything more consistent, and um, you know just con controlling the controllable. So. Um, I felt like I did that and uh, was doing a good job of that and you know, was fortunate to get another chance to come back up here and uh, prove myself. Those of us that have watched you pitch, we see the stuff and how electric it is and then you see the 98 strikeouts in AAA and so you tend to think that Aaron Ashby's a guy that's going to get a lot of strikeouts, which is true, but you're also getting a lot of early contact on the ground, it looks like, when you look at the numbers in AAA. What's been the key to kind of getting some of that sinker going yeah so basically you know i'm not trying to strike a lot of people out i know that may sound funny i'm just trying to pitch to contact early I'm trying to get guys out early be efficient and um you know sometimes there's some swing and misses in there but really it's just getting ahead 0-1 and then uh getting the sinker down or whatever it is down in the zone and um you know getting getting guys to hit it on the ground early you know we talked about the first outing against the cubs on june 30th and even though that didn't go as you wanted it to go, what did you learn from it? And, and what kind of feedback did you or were you able to take back with you then to apply as you continue to develop? Because that's an ongoing process for a while now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, being out there was uh, for the first time. You can't replicate that in any situation. So I think, um, you know, being aware of what's going to happen when I go back out there again was uh, what I learned a lot of. You know, the same kind of feelings uh, came on on Tuesday night, but I was ready for him, you know. Um, so that was nice to have like that experience um, prior. But yeah, it's just you know controlling the controllables and you know being in the strike zone is the most important thing. Um, if, if you're throwing strikes, um, guys are going to hit it, but um, you know hopefully they're not going to get a hit every single time. Hopefully a couple of those are some ground balls somewhere. But um, yeah, absolutely. This is a great infield too playing behind you so that has to give you a lot of confidence yeah absolutely i mean this this whole team is incredible um the infield is you know up there with with the best in the league so um yeah we we just put put the ball in play and you're, you're gonna be all right the other night you go one two three in the first inning which is which is great and easy enough but then in the second inning a couple of base hits but you were able to get out of it I feel like that's maybe more important than anything that happened. Absolutely, um, you know, getting getting some runners on there, and then being able to execute pitches down in the zone, get some ground balls, and uh, get guys out. That that was definitely, um, you know, good good for me. Good good for you know um, seeing that success and knowing that okay, you know, when I'm in a little bit of a tough spot here, I can execute these pitches. So it's it good. You've of course been a starter for the majority of your career. You pitched a little bit out of the bullpen this year. Are you, are you getting comfortable with that, if that's a role that's asked of you later on this season? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, fe I felt like I accomplished and was successful in the things that I needed to, you know, be and do out of the pen. So, um, yeah, whatever's asked of me, I'll be more than happy to do. You've been picking some of these guys' brains, uh, some of these veterans that have been here for a while now? Yeah, um, BA's awesome, Corbin's awesome. You know, we, we got a great staff here, and they're always open for conversation, which is awesome. 
Um, so I, I appreciate all those guys, you know, giving me a kind of a helping hand up here. What was it like having a front row seat to see Corbin make history last night? It was, it was incredible. I've never, that's the most dominant performance I've ever seen. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know how much better it gets, probably perfect game or no hitter maybe, but that, I mean, as far as just being locked in for that long, um, I've never seen anything like that in my life. There's been comparisons made in terms of path from Corbin to you. Obviously, you're a left-hander. Stuff's different, but the fact that you came up, started working out of the pen a little bit, that might be a role for you later on this year. It's been talked about. D do you see a little bit of yourself when you watch him? Like, hey, that could be me if I stay with it? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, absolutely. You know, um, obviously, like you said, the stuff's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I, I'd love to be and, you know, be as good as him. <laughs> um, but yeah, just got to keep working and keep keep on the path. Who wouldn't be? Would you like to be like Corbin Burst? <laughs> uh, Aaron, we appreciate it. Thanks so much, yeah. man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That is Aaron Ashby on Brewers on Tap. Well, Justin Topa is back, and it's hard to believe he only made six appearances last year for the Brewers. But his last five were scoreless, and they were quite frankly, dominant, and that's why the Brewers are pretty excited about his return to the Brewers' bullpen. Could be on a little bit of a schedule still for the next week or so, but he is back, and he is ready to go, and he pitched a scoreless inning against the Cubs on Thursday. Had a chance to catch up with him before he got back on the Major League mound to talk about this journey back to the Brewers' big league club. Justin Topa is our guest, and you uh, get activated uh, before tonight's game. What a journey this has been from the end of spring training to this point. It's got to feel great. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, like we were just talking about, it's been a long road, but uh, happy that it ended here. What was the process like? Uh, take me through when you got the original diagnosis, which was probably maybe not best-case scenario, but there were worst-case scenarios when you got that diagnosis, and just what you had to do on a daily basis to get yourself to this point today. Yeah, definitely definitely best-case scenario, you know, you have a sigh of relief when uh, when it's not uh, the alternative there with anything UCL related. So thankfully I avoided that, and yeah, I was just getting back to uh, you know the rehab rehab life uh, down there in Arizona, getting there early and, and working with uh, Blair Bundy down there and and uh, Tim in the weight room and, and you know Scott Schneider guys like that, day in and day out, just trying to get you know a little bit better in pretty much every every facet and you know obviously overall strengthening and stuff like that and the uh, the arm and elbow specifically, but. Um, yeah, it was early mornings, but you know it, it all uh, it all pays off here. You've been through plenty of injuries. That's been something that you've had to learn to deal with. So, I would guess from that standpoint, you kind of knew like, okay, now I got to get my mind in this place and, and and be ready to come to work every day. Yeah, no, 100%. Like you said, I've unfortunately, uh, fortunately, and unfortunately, have gone through two uh, Tommy Johns. That you know you learn how your body works and and you go through the, the good days and the bad days, and you kind of try to take a win out of each day but uh, to have the the previous experience of going through a long rehab um, you know through Tommy John twice it was it was kind of refreshing in a sense to kind of be like okay this is kind of where I need to be um, you know day in and day out this is what I need to get get out of every day and and uh, to have that you know in my back pocket and, and know how to attack that was huge going into this for sure. You had, um, of course, a, a big impact last year, and you had to watch this team play so well from a distance up until now. What was it like for you to watch this bullpen and some of the guys, like a Jake Cousins, who's almost like a, a 2021 version of Justin Topa, who was in independent ball, and now here he is getting big high-leverage outs. What was it like to watch these guys from a distance? Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's awesome because you know when, when that door opens, you know that you're going to uh, get somebody that's going to attack guys and, and uh, you know, 
put the team in a spot to win. Um, and that's kind of what we've been doing here recently, you know, and, and pretty much the whole year is like, we are just talking about this, you know, I, I'll be number 60 uh, getting into the game. Um, so it's, it's crazy to think about how many guys go into, into winning uh, a ball game, let alone, you know, the, the length of a season. And that's what championship teams do is you figure it out on the fly and uh, you just kept it rolling. Tell me about the feedback you've received from hitters so far at AA and AAA. Yeah, it's been good. It's uh, it's good to, to attack some some guys down there. You, you know, you kind of try to see di all different styles of hitters, um, whether it be speed guys, power guys, lefty, righty, stuff like that. So it's, it's been good to kind of get a mix of everything and then especially mixing in, you know, the progression of, of throwing back-to-back -back days and, uh, you know, coming in the middle of the inning and, and stuff like that. So it's it's been good feedback for sure. Um, I've made some pitches and, and good counts and and thankfully, uh, it's uh, it's been going well, and overall, feel great. How good was it just to walk through the clubhouse doors and see all these guys again for the first time since basically the end of March? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I haven't taken the smile off my face uh, since I got here, but it's it's great to see those guys. You know, obviously, everybody's happy you know, to to see me too, and, and it's good to to a little refreshing to uh, to be welcomed in. You know. When I came in last year, it was the same, same thing. You walk into that clubhouse, you know, the guys have their arms wide open and happy for you. So it's, uh, it's good to see that team camaraderie, and obviously you see it from afar, and, uh, um, but it's good to be back involved. You know, the other thing that a lot of people aren't realizing is that, yeah, yeah you made your debut last year, but there were no fans. Now you're going to get a chance to pitch in front of fans at the major league level. So it's almost like a, it's not a second debut, but it's a second chance at enjoying all those things. No, definitely, definitely. It, it certainly is, a, in a sense, a second debut, especially, you know, friends and family haven't seen me throw in person yet. And uh, so hopefully here soon they can all get out here and... Uh, and get in the stands for that, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome environment. Obviously, last year, like you said, uh, you had the crowd noise being pumped in, and um, you know, probably LA was the loudest with all the the noise being pumped in and music and stuff. But it's gonna be cool to be, you know, here with all the fans and have that authentic uh, fan base for sure. Well, Justin, we appreciate it. Uh, congrats on all the hard work to get yourself back to this point, and best of luck tonight moving forward. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, that's Justin Topa with us here on Brewers on Tap. We've got so much more for you over the next couple of weeks, so we want you to be with us still as the Brewers continue this march through the NL Central and this march to another NL Central Division title. Right now, things in good shape. Eight-game lead as we sit here today on this Friday afternoon. Have a great one, everybody. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week. Until then, go crew. I'm Lane Grindle. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 